This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. The miracle of expectation. The miracle of expectation. If you have your Bible today, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse 25. As we close out Christmas miracles and the Christmas story, you'll see it on the screen behind me. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 says this, at the time there was a man in Jerusalem. Now this passage takes place just eight days after Jesus was born. They haven't fled for their lives yet to Egypt. In fact, Jesus wasn't named publicly until eight days after he was born. They went to the temple and he was circumcised. And if you're a kid here, don't know what that is, ask your mom and dad what that means. Um, but he went to the temple and then they named him publicly what the angel told his parents. And he was just named and eight days later, we pick it up here and they're walking into the temple and they come across this character named Simeon, eight days after his birth. It says, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting. Look at your neighbor and said, I'm eager. Look at the other side and said, I'm waiting. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Make no mistakes today. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to rescue us. God's not angry at you. He's here to save our city, save our life, save me from myself and my pain and my shame. It says they were eagerly waiting for the Messiah come to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Some of you are praying you would not die until the Leafs win a cup. I can't promise you that. <laughs> but it said he would not die until he saw the, seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised him, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. I get the feeling he was tired of waiting at this point. He's like, okay, I saw the kid. I smelt him. We're done. Let's go. I'm done. Take me now. You know, he's like, Lord, his first words, Lord, let your servant die in peace. I think he was tired at this point. And then he said this, as you have promised, I have seen your salvation. I've seen your Messiah. I've seen the rescue plan, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what, they, what was being said about Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. This morning for the next few minutes, I want to talk about the power, the miracle of expectation. Write that down somewhere. That's your hashtag. That's your title today, the miracle of expectation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Christmas Eve, Eve. God, we celebrate today. God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, that you are still rescuing people. Even in the last uh, second last Sunday of this year, you are still rescuing people. God, thank you that we are still eagerly waiting for you to do what you want to do in our lives. Today, I pray expectation will continue to grow in our church, in our city, in our lives, in our marriages, in our kids, in our vocations, and everything we put our hand to. Today, God, we thank you for everyone here. I pray they'd feel your presence. I pray they'd know your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I don't think you can talk about Christmas and not talk about expectation. Is there any other day, maybe your birthday, it's a big deal. Some of you love your birthdays too much. It's not a day, it's a week. Some of you, come on, June Zinc, it's a month in your life where you're excited for your birthday. But Christmas morning, and I was thinking back as, again, as I'm wrapping gifts and we're buying gifts and 
for our kids, and I'm thinking about it, and I look back, I thought, man, Christmas morning, I was so eagerly uh, waiting and expecting for Christmas morning. This one year, I had asked for a certain, I'll never forget this, it was in the 90s, yes, uh, in the 90s, and I asked for this gift, this was the gift, everybody wanted, and I thought, we were middle class, and my dad worked two jobs, my mom worked hard, but this was the gift I asked for, me and my brother asked for, I said, I wanted a Sony Sports Walkman. For you kids over here, there's this thing called tapes. And uh, Google it when you got time. Sony Sports Walkman. They were yellow. Anybody remember these things? They were yellow and they were waterproof. I don't know why they were waterproof. Because you, you couldn't go swimming with those things. They were so heavy, you would drop right to the bottom of the pool. You would die with a waterproof music in your ears. But you would put your tape in there and you would seal it over and it was waterproof from the rain. You could listen to it in the shower. Like, this was high technology. You put your cassette tape. And my favorite part was it had the radio on it. I was a church kid, and I would listen to the radio. I could only listen to, like, Sandy Patty and Petra. If you don't know what that is, God bless you. But, like, but I remember I would sneak into my room and find a radio and listen. I remember the first song I snuck into my room was St. Elmo's Fire. I heard it in Towers Mall in Bedford walking through. I was like, what is that song? And I snuck into my room, I think it was C100, and listened for hours under the covers like I was doing drugs, people. <laughs> I was like, I just, need, I just need to hear that song. But I liked this, this, this Walkman because it had radio on it, but you could record the radio on your cassette. Mind-blowing stuff. I thought, I'm going to get myself a Phil Collins mixtape. <laughs> Again, you kids don't even know what this is. You got marshmallows and other things, but Phil Collin was the man. Phil Collin, groovy kind of love. That will change your life right there. A little bit of Chicago, a little Peter Cetera, a little journey, don't stop believing. And I thought, I'm going to build myself a mixtape. And here's what my motive was. This thing had one more feature on this Walkman that no one saw to that point. It had dual headphone jacks. Yeah, you don't even know. As a high school guy, you envision this. You're walking into class. You had to wear a belt because that walkman was so heavy, it would pull your pants down. It had a belt clip. You had a belt. You had a thing t tight, so tight. It's a wonder I ever had kids. And I, and I put this, this walkman on my belt. I thought, I'm going to walk through school. And some girl's going to be like, he's got the Sony Sports yellow walkman. It's got dual jacks. I carried around an extra set of headphones. I'm not lying. This is my dream. I'm not making this up. I cut it out of the catalog. Catalogs was internet on paper back then. And cut it out of the catalog, gave it to my mom. And I had this thought. I said, some girl's going to be like, hey, what are you listening to? And I'm like, you don't even know what I'm listening to. It's labeled Petra, but it ain't Petra. It's Phil Collins, the White Knight soundtrack. You don't even know what that is, but it's a movie with Mikhail Brishnikov. And I'm like, I'm going to show my sensitive side. I'm going to give her a headphone jack. I'm going to have my headphone jack. Baby, walk with me. We're going to walk through Sacramento High. I was like, it might be a rainy day, but we got a groovy kind of love going on. <laughs> su su Sulio, come on. Christmas morning, I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait. I used to get home from school before my brother, I was in high school, and here's what I learned. I learned if you take a hairdryer, you can heat up the tape on your Christmas gifts. My, I'm confessing this for the first time publicly, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> and my mom, the gifts that she would give us, they'd put under the tree, the second they bought them, they'd wrap them, put them underneath the tree. And I'd get home early from school, and I'd take a hairdryer, and I'd heat up the side of those packages, my brothers, mine, my sisters, everybody's, and I'd peel the tape off, and I'd look in. I knew what I was getting that Christmas. Every gift I knew, every more, that's how I became an actor. Surprise! I just, I pretended. 
And I think it was uh, three days before Christmas. I opened up this one gift, and sure enough, I saw a yellow Sony staring back at me. And I thought, I'm going to start building my mixtape right now because this is going to be a good January, groovy kind of love. Expectation. The passage that we just read today is talking about a man who lived in expectation. The story of Simeon, because he had a word from God, he lived with expectation. I believe it's possible as people, as Christians, to live a life with expectancy. You've got to know this. It doesn't mean that life is easier if you're a Christian. In fact, hear this clearly today. It gets more challenging when you're a Christian. Heard a hunter say this, the only ducks that get shot at are the ones that are still alive. And when you come fully alive, there is a target on your back. Life is not easy. There's an opposition to your faith, but it is so worth it. But I live with expectation. I believe we are meant as Christians. So many Christians I talk to, they're like, well, I'm just trying to get through the week. Just living for the weekend, living for retirement, living for vacation. What, what if Monday became the new Friday? What if we lived in such a way that we were expectant for every day of our life going, going to wake up today and some days are better than others, but I believe something's going to happen today. Live with expectation. Simeon lived with expectation from his life today in this Christmas story. I believe as we close out this year, we can launch into a new year, raising our expectations, getting our hopes up, because if you have a word from God, you can expect him to deliver. That's what we're here for today, to hear from God. God's going to speak to you through coffee time, in the worship time, in the message. God's going to give you a word about your life, your relationships, your businesses, your mind, your marriages, your kids. And a word from God builds expectation in your heart. Simeon had expectation. Let me ask you today, do you live with expectancy? Let me reword it. Do you, what are you hoping for today? What are you waiting for today? That's a better way to say it. Well, I'm waiting for nothing. The Incredibles movie, part one. The best scene ever, this kid on the tricycle. He's like, what are you waiting for? He's like, something amazing, I guess. I wake up every day going, what are you waiting for? Something amazing, I guess. Some days are tough and some days are amazing. But every day I wake up going, what text am I going to get today? What email am I going to get today? Who am I going to meet today? I believe God wants us to live with such expectancy. There's a, there's a spring in our step and there is hope in our heart and there's a song in our voice. Why? Because God is good. And when he speaks, he delivers. I still believe God is speaking. And I believe we can live a life full of expectation. What am I expecting? The Bible says the kingdom of God that we follow is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. I expect to have joy in my life. You need to note that you can expect to have joy. Joy is more than a feeling. Feelings are based on external circumstances. Joy is an internal relationship, knowing you're right with God, and there's a joy that comes from that. I expect joy in my life. I expect peace in my life. I expect peace in every relationship and with God. I believe that. Why? Because God said it. And I can expect it today. A life of expectation. What does that look like today? A few truths from the life of Simeon. Number one, expectancy produces consistency. Expectancy produces consistency. Simeon was in the temple. This was not his first day in the temple when he saw Jesus. Because he had a word said, hey, one day you're going to see the Savior of the world. You're going to see the Messiah. He's going to come to the temple. Be ready. He was consistent in his actions. Simeon was consistent. He was daily watching, waiting, anticipating. I believe Simeon was practicing. I believe Simeon was watching. I believe Simeon was waiting. Why? Because expectancy produces consistency. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no revelation or where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Man, it just seems like people are so up and down these days. 
They're in, they're out, they're hot, they're cold, they're, they're, they're here, they're gone. And people are passionate about their faith one moment, passionate about their marriage one moment, passionate about their kids and their job one moment, then they're down. If it's not trendy, they're not into it and up and down. I've realized this, that when there's no vision or revelation, people just do what they want. But when you get a vision that God is going to use you to make a difference, that God wants to speak to you, it constrains you, it restrains you, it keeps you in your lane. we got people wanting to be in this lane, then they like this lane. Well, I'm going to do that lane. And they're all over the place, and they keep uprooting themselves, and they wonder why nothing grows in their life, because they keep jumping from one field to another, one park to another, one side of town to another, moving around. Why? Because without a vision, we're not consistent. I've realized in life that expectancy creates and builds, expectancy creates and builds consistency. Simeon was consistent in his life. A life of expectancy that God will use you to make a difference creates a consistent lifestyle. Expectant people know the power of showing up consistently. I think Woody Allen said, 80% of life is just showing up. You know what I realize? I don't give myself an A in a lot of things, but I do as a dad. Do you know why I'm a great dad? I just show up. I'm there. Can I encourage you? Some of you need to know you're better than you think you are. We don't need your talents. We don't need you to be the smartest in the room or the best in the room. Something about just showing up in your family, showing up at your job, showing up in your faith. Well done, good and faithful servant. There is power in consistency. That's why I love our dream team so much. 150 people on our dream team are pulling off every week, but tonight is going to be spectacular. But this is what our core belief is. We say this all the time, behind closed doors and in, in, in open places, we tweet it, we, we Instagram it, we talk, we believe this core belief, and this is it. If we bring what we have, God will do what he does. We believe that. That's our expectancy. If we bring the small bit we have, God will do what he does. If we show up, God will show off. We honestly believe this, drink this, uh, dream this, sleep this, that if we show up, God will show off. Tonight, God's going to show off in our city. Why? Because we're going to show up. And because we're expectant, we're consistent. If you got one thing this year, I, well, how would church change? How would marriages change? Families change? Our city change if we just became consistent? Doing the right thing often and always. Just doing the right thing. I want to encourage you today. When you're expectant, when you know God is speaking and God wants to use you, it creates a consistency. That's why we show up early and leave late. That's why we are here all the time. Why? Because we know that if we show up, God will show off. And that expectancy helps us be consistent. Number two, expectancy produces vision. You see what others miss when you're expectant. Simeon saw thousands of babies and parents walk by. He was an old man, so I don't know how long he had this word, but he saw thousands walk by. But then one day, because he was expecting, he had vision, he saw the Messiah. He saw a baby like any other baby. There were no wings on him. There was no halo. There was no choir or angels or wise men. But he walked in in a crowd, and Simeon spotted him in a crowd. Do you know what expectancy does? It takes you from sight to vision. Helen Keller, the, the famous author, she was both born deaf, deaf and blind, and I didn't know this until I researched this. She was the first hearing and sight-impaired person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. She said this, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. We have so many people that have sight but no vision for their lives. They can see the, the problems. They can see the pain. They can see stuff. They can see what's in front of them, but they have no vision to see before. Expectancy takes you from sight to vision. 
Simeon, everybody saw babies coming in and getting dedicated. Everybody saw babies coming in and being named. But Simeon went past sight and had vision for what God was doing. When you're expected in your life, it changes from just seeing everyday routine, seeing the rat race, seeing the crowd, and God gives you a vision for what he wants to do in your life and the life of others. It produces vision. In a culture that sees problems, it helps us see potential. Expectancy lets you see messages in messes. It lets you see testimonies in tests. It lets you see gold in the dirt. One of my favorite shows to watch is called, it's called Gold, gold, something, gold Rush. You ever seen this on, on Discovery Channel? It's like, they're, like in the, they're in the Amazon, they're in the Arctic, they're everywhere. And all I see is piles of dirt. But because they have vision for what's in the dirt, they dig through it, they spare no expense, and they come out with millions of dollars worth of gold. In a culture that sees dirt, vision will let you see the gold in the dirt. We look at our city and we see the problems, we see the pain. We look around, people walk in here, and if you only have sight, you'll go, oh, they're, they're going to cause a mess. They're in pain, they're in a bad place, they're in a test, they're in a mess. But when you have vision, you go, no, that's not a test, that's a testimony. That's not a mess, that's a message. I see gold in that dirt. They may be down, they don't believe in themselves, they're going through a struggle and a trial, but there is gold in there. And God is digging gold out of us, and we are called to dig gold out of others. It changes you from sight to vision. When you're expected, we are expected every week, I'm like, who are we going to meet today? It's going to walk through these doors, it's going to change my life. There are people on this team that I'm thinking, I didn't know you six months ago, and now you're a vibrant part of our church and our lives. Why? I want the next person. I want the next Brad. I want the next Christian. I want the next Corey. I want the next Michelle. I want the next uh, person, Tina. I want the next Kayla to walk through those doors going, hey, you're going to add to our life. Why? Because I see gold walking through the doors. Can I encourage you? Get some expectancy on your life. What a shame to have sight but no vision. God wants to give you vision for your life. So many coming into the new year, some of you, all we see is what can go wrong. What bill's going to happen? Bet my car's going to give out. That roof looks like it's going to have a hole in that roof. The economy doesn't look good. The Americans are tanking the economy, the environment. They pulled out of this. What's going on here? I don't know if I got a job security. And all we can see what's going wrong. But when you have vision and expectancy, it changes you and it causes you to dream. We honestly live in a way. What call are we going to get today? What text message am I going to get? Who am I going to meet? What adventure is around the corner? Can I encourage you? When you're expecting God to move in your life, it gives you vision for your life. Expectation changes the way you see your life. We need to start dreaming again, people. Some of you, you're 60, and God wants you to dream again. If you're not dead, you're not done. Because he's not dead, and he's not done. Expectancy changes the way you see your life. 2019 can be the best year of your life if you want it to. 2018 was the best year of our life. And 19 is going to outdo it. Why? Because we are expected, though it's hard at times, that if God speaks, he wants to use us, and we're expecting him, and I want to see things differently. Number three, expectancy produces opportunity. This is true. I've lived this in my life. A life of expectation, you live anticipating divine direction and divine interruption. I want to warn you, divine interruption is not fun. I now look for the divine interruption. What starts as a trial can turn uh, into a victory. Divine interruption. I get interrupted all the time by God and people. And now I start to realize, you know what? Expectancy turns it into opportunity. There's opportunity everywhere. Expect opportunities what happens is you're ready before you're needed. When you're expectant, opportunities, you're ready before you're needed. You prepare yourself now so you'll be ready then. Opportunity is simply this. I wrote this down. I think this is mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to coin this. This is mine. I may have stole this, but I don't remember. So 
Creativity is just hiding your sources. I'm not going to tell you who said that because I'm hiding my sources. But this is the way I define opportunity. Opportunity is simply an intersection where timing and preparation collide. Opportunity is simply an intersection where timing and preparation collide. God's job is a timing. Ours is a preparation. And where they meet is an intersection called opportunity. My friend, there is an intersection in your life. And God is right now headed towards you at 100 miles an hour. He wants to give you an opportunity. He wants to collide with your preparation. But so many times because we're not expecting God to do something, because we're not expecting an opportunity, we miss the intersection and a collision of miracles, a collision of purpose, a collision of opportunity. We miss it by a country mile because we weren't where we had to be. God's job is the timing. Ours is the preparation. And when they collide, moments and miracles cause opportunity. It's the story of the Bible, the Israelites. I don't have time to go there today. God goes, I got an opportunity. I got, a, an, I, got an, uh, I got an intersection. I want to collide with you called the promised land. And they weren't ready and they missed their moment. And some of you have missed your moments. God was ready, but we weren't. Listen, when you live expectant, you're ready for opportunity. You prepare yourself before you're needed. I preached messages before I ever had a platform. This team learned instruments before they ever had a place to play them. Some of you worked on your people skills before you ever had people to meet. Some of you single people, you got to work on your marriage before you ever get married. Take out the garbage, do, do a budget. Come on, somebody. You want to pretend you're married? Go take out the garbage in the green bin. That's a lot of marriage right there. Go to Costco on a Saturday. Lord help you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but you know what I'm realizing? If you're ready when you're not needed, you'll be ready when you are needed. And there's a collision. Listen to me. This is a word from the Lord today. There's a collision God wants to bring in your life early in the new year of opportunity and moments and miracles, but you've got to be ready. You've got to get your heart ready. You've got to get your family ready. Why? Because I believe expectancy brings opportunities. Simeon was ready for Jesus long before he collided with him. I'm sure he practiced his speech. He dreamt where he would stand. I has, Do you think I'll be standing here when I see the Messiah? Do you think I'll be standing over here? Should I be sit down? Should I fix my hair? Should I say, how are you? What should I do? He had this speech planned. He said, I want to give this word. He practiced his speech. He knew what he was going to say before he ever saw the baby. He said, this is the Messiah. I need to warn the mother that he's going to be opposed, but he's going to be king. He's going to be great, but it won't be easy. i got to prepare this mother. I don't know what they're going to look like, but I was ready. He was prepared before he ever met that baby. And Simeon went to the temple and goes, I'll be ready. I might see him at the front gate. I might see him at the altar. I might see him coming out of the bathroom washing my hands. But when I'm ready, I will be ready. I'm going to be expectant and waiting. He was ready long before he ever saw the baby. Expectancy prepares you for opportunity. I always love when people say that they're expecting when they're pregnant. You hear that? We're expecting. That changed in my lifetime. It was always she was expecting. Now it's we're expecting. Guys, I don't think we have much to do at that point. We're in the way most times. We're in the way. And uh, the women are heroes and strong. It's amazing. But people say we're expecting. You know, it's amazing when they say we're expecting. They're not saying we're hoping. See, see expecting is different than wishing. Some people are going, we really wish we could get pregnant. We really hope we get pregnant. We believe in this church. We believe for you. If you're wanting to start a family, we want to, we want to pray for you and believe. But it goes from wishing to expecting when you're pregnant. And when you're pregnant, it changes. Like, we're expecting. You live different when you're expecting. The bags are packed for the hospital. Our two kids, I'm like, this is the one time I can speed and get away with it. I'm like, I have an excuse. I got water breaking and cramping. I can go through every red light I can get, right? The bags were packed. At month six, I had my bags packed. Why? You live differently when you're expecting. You're prepared. My bags were packed. Your mind is never far from the situation. It's not like, you know, I'm going to go on a road trip for two weeks. 
You want to fly to New York for the weekend? No, no, it changes. Your mind is never far from, yeah, but what happens if? How far are we from the hospital? Hey, there's traffic, there's weather tonight. You look at the weather, why? Because you're expecting, what if this baby comes at two in the morning? What's the weather like? It starts snowing, I was shoveling the driveway every 10 minutes, why? Because I knew at any moment, any moment, this baby could come. You're ready to go in a moment's notice. My wife would have indigestion from eating a donair, and she ate a lot of donairs on Maddie. Or poutine, it was poutine on Maddie. Poutine. And she's like, oh, I got a cramp. I'm like, let's go, 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 in the car. I got the bag in the car. She's like, Mike, I think it's just what I ate. I was ready to go in a moment's notice. Why? Because expectation creates a preparation that you're ready for opportunity. You live different when you're expectant. Can I tell you, we live different in this church. I'm expecting my life to change today. That's not a line. I'm expecting tonight for people to come in here and be overwhelmed with hope and joy of the season, and they're going to be a part of my life. Can I be honest? I don't know if my kids' future in-laws are going to be coming in here tonight. I don't know if people will be on vacation in six years from now who come in tonight. I don't know new best friends, people, new worship leaders, new preachers, new tech people, new kids' ministry. Why? But I'm expectant, and we're prepared for it. You live different when you're expecting your life. I'm expecting one day to have a building as a church. I'm expecting my marriage to be better this year. I'm expecting my kids to be healthier this year and stronger. I'm expecting to be a better preacher this year. Some of you are like, amen, you know. I'm expecting, why? Because my word from God changes the way you live. We're expecting people to connect with Jesus here. That's why we're consistent. Tonight we'll load out and at midnight we'll pull down that, I hope it's midnight, not the next day. We'll pull down that garage door of the storage unit and we'll smile and we'll be tired. But that's what creates our consistency, our expectancy. That's what we see on every corner, every street, and every face is, God, what do you want to do with that person? Every Starbucks I go into, God, who's that? Are they meant to be a part of our lives and what we're doing? That's why we create opportunities for miracles. Tonight will be another one. Today is another one. Expectancy changes the way we live. Psalm 121. One to two says it this way. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No, my strength comes from God, who they made heaven and earth and the mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. I'm gonna let you know today, you look up to the mountains, we don't have them out east, and they're pretty high. Is help coming from the mountains? And God says in this passage, no, it's not the mountains. Look past the mountains. Look to the heavens. God's saying, get your head up and get your hopes up. In my final message, on a Sunday morning, here's what I want you to say, get your hopes up, get your head up, look up, because God is delivering, God is helping, and God is saving. And if we look up, God wants to come. I have an expectancy, and my hope is up, and my head is up. Today, let your hope be high and your head be high today. Walk out going, God is good. He's got a plan for your life. You may have messed up, but he wants to forgive you. He's not judging you on your past. He wants to launch you into your future. And in one moment, God can come in and erase your mistakes and give you purpose for your life. Today, a miracle can happen. We're expecting. Today we were expecting some of you to show up here not knowing God. You came to the right place today. We created space and opportunity. Why? Because we know a moment with God can change your life. Today in this final message on a Sunday morning of 2018, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Are you living a life of following Jesus? Can you say honestly before God, before people going, if I died today, I'm right with God. I know where I'm going. See, life is an amazing chapter, but it's just a chapter. In a larger book, there's more than this. But God is so passionate. He wants to light up your life and look after your future. For a moment, if you can just bow your head, just for privacy in this place. 
If you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity where I want to pray for you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three, and that's it. Put it right back down. We're going to pray for you. That's it. And believe today a miracle will start, that you're in an intersection right now of purpose and of miracles, that we were prepared, and God brought the timing. You think it's an accident you showed up here today. It's not. It's God wants to collide with you with forgiveness and love and hope and overwhelm you that he is good and he is passionate about you. Today, if that's your day, as we end this year, what a way to end the year. The best gift that there is is the gift of, of salvation and of hope and of love and of relationship with God. If that's you on the count of three, I'm going to slide your hand up. One, it's not everybody in this room, but it's somebody in this room. Today, you can walk out not feeling shame, not, walk out not feeling guilt or anger. You can walk in today with joy. Two, today is your day. Three, if that's you, hand up all over this place and put it right back down. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Put your hand right back down. Can we pray today? And believe that today the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and you're saved, your life has changed. All over this place, can we all stand to our feet today? For those that raised your hand, I applaud you. We're gonna pray for you in a moment. If you pray that, if you put your hand up, I want you to fill this card out. It says, I'm committing my life to Christ. Go to the welcome wall on the way out. We have a special gift for you as well. Just drop the card off. We're going to give you an awesome, this yellow bag, this amazing gift. And we're going to celebrate. You're going to get a gift on Christmas Eve Eve. We're going to pray for you today. Can we all pray together? Can we all repeat this worship team? All of us, can we repeat this together? Let's bow our head. Let's pray. Father God, come on, say it with me. Father God, thank you for the gift that was Jesus. And we're expecting today that you're a God that loves. You're a God that forgives. And you're a God that has a plan for my life. I believe that you're God. And I believe that you're good. Forgive me for my past. Help my today. And show me my tomorrows. In Jesus' name, amen.